Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's podcast, I go back into my notebook. I haven't done this for a while, so I wanted to share something that I was excited to find in a book, Woody Hayes' Hotline to Victory. It's about a technique that I utilized when I coached defense back at the high school level called the five-yard fence rule. And as I looked at it and remembered this technique, I thought about how applicable it is to some of the defenses today that like to use sims and creepers and bring guys up on the line of scrimmage. Uh, but what do you do when the ball goes away? And I see so many teams trying to do this, uh, those young outside linebackers or defenders, whoever they might be on that edge away, really getting themselves into an improper pursuit lane and taking themselves out of the play. And this is a technique that can really help it. Uh, I'll read the rule from our playbook and go into a little bit of the uh, history of this defense that we used, as well as uh, read what I found in Woody Hayes' book, Hotline to Victory. So there's a whole chapter in, uh, or section, I should say, in our defensive notebook uh, called Proper Pursuit Techniques. And our Defensive coordinator, uh, at the time I was at Amherst Steel High School, um, about uh, 40 minutes west of Cleveland, uh, a suburb, and uh, Coach Don Richardson went and learned the defense from George Perlis. He used to go and work their camps and uh, would study the defense, and basically Coach Perlis would leave him the keys of the office and he'd go watch film. Uh, anytime he was at these camps and really learned the defense in detail. And so in our playbook, it says uh, rules for ball away for the will linebacker. That's the position that I coached. And uh, even when I became a head coach, I still really enjoyed coaching that position. So ball away. Initially, use the same approach as above. Uh, they were talking about ball two. But remember, you are responsible for all reverses, etc., that are run back to your side. If playing on the line of scrimmage, use the five-yard fence to help you establish the proper pursuit angle to the football. If you're playing off the line of scrimmage, then use the proper pursuit angle to the football, being alert for the cutback, staying off the ball carrier's back shoulder, 
and staying in proper phase with the other defenders. Position maintenance and pursuit leverage. So a really helpful technique, and I remember early on, and understand this defensive notebook we have is probably about 300 pages, very, very detailed, based on what George Pearl has put together at Michigan State. And uh, initially, I remember not seeing that rule, and Coach Richardson kind of ripping me at practice when one of my guys had uh, the wrong lane to the or wrong angle of the football in pursuit. We were really big on running to the football. We had an undersized defense, which is actually uh, perfect for this type of of uh, a defense, the stunt four three. And you know, coach had a special way of uh, making you feel <laughs> like you knew nothing, but then coaching you up to being an expert on it. So after practice, I said, Coach, remind me, I. I I can't remember what the five-yard fence rule is. And so basically, the five-yard fence rule is to imagine if you're uh, playing up on the line of scrimmage, which was one of our base fronts. We played a front called tilt. And a lot of the teams we were facing at the time had a tight end, so we would put our Sam linebacker lined up in a two-point stance over the tight end. We have a guy down in a three-point stance, uh, head up on the tackle. We would have that tilted nose. Uh, basically, it was like an under front, but we're going to walk a linebacker up. So we'd have that tilted nose in the in the A-gap uh, to the tight end side. And then we would have a three technique and a five technique on the back side. Our Mike linebacker would stack over the nose. And then our Will backer in tilt, uh, instead of being where he was in an under front, you know, uh, back in the B-gap uh, at linebacker depth, he'd walk up onto the line of scrimmage. And, and a lot of people, you know, when I would see people's scouting reports, um, especially I, I went to another school and looked at all their scouting reports, they were identifying it as a 6-1 defense. Um, in a lot of ways it is, but the way that that linebacker plays, you know, you really have the ability to come in and make some plays right off of the edge, anything coming your way. And then with a the proper technique, be able to be a great defender on those cutbacks and any counters or, or nakeds coming back the other way. But the key to it is to use the five-yard fence. So if you imagine taking a, a picket fence and it is five yards long from the line of scrimmage, um, perpendicular to line of scrimmage, straight back, the rule was this, that that will linebacker, or if you're using any kind of sim or creeper, we have a guy walked up on that edge, when ball goes away, he was not immediately allowed to get into pursuit. He had to basically back up five yards, right? Backpedal or shuffle back beyond what would be that five-yard fence. You can't go through it. You had to go around it. So a very helpful technique in teaching those guys what to do when ball goes away. So a little history of the defense we played, and then I'll get into what I found in Woody Hayes' uh, book, but... Uh, the, the defense of the Stunt 4-3 really originated and became uh, popular, popularly known as the Steel Curtain. It uh, originally started in Pittsburgh in the 70s with Bud Carson, Chuck Knoll, and, Joel, jo the, and George Perlis, and was pretty dominant there for the Steelers. Uh, they won their first Super Bowl championship with it in 1974, uh, Hall of Famers Mean Joe Green and Jack Lambert were both uh, some of the reasons for it. And you know, George Perlis left and went on to Michigan State, and he brought the defense with him there. And you know, it never really became 
popular across all of football. It makes its appearance from time to time, and certainly a lot of the the concepts that were taught in it, you're going to see those frequently. But uh, the misconception was you could only play it if you had a guy like me and Joe Green. And, you know, Perlis was quick to point out that uh, they didn't have anybody like him, that uh, they had a lot of, you know, even undersized guys. And that's what made it so good for us at the high school level is, is we played that defense with undersized guys who can run. When I think of our tilt nose, uh, the guys we usually had there were these really quick wrestlers, guys who didn't even look like defensive linemen. I know we had one guy who was maybe 155 pounds, but just would wreak havoc and could play the technique really well and, and be able to take some gaps. But the key to it was we were always moving. There were all kinds of stunts involved in this. And you know while we would play our, our base from time to time, movement was the key. And so when you take a will linebacker, you move them up on the edge, uh, you know, if that guy isn't playing cut back and pursuit the right way, he's going to take himself out of a play very quickly. And, you know, for us, it was, it was always about that five-yard fence rule. And so as I was thinking about what people are doing today and one of the things being popular with Sims and Creepers, that teaching this rule, especially if you have young players you're doing this with uh, who just want to run and get in pursuit – this rule really helps them be disciplined and is going to help you a ton on stopping anything that's coming back that way, whether that be a cutback on a zone play, he'll be able to be right there to make the tackle, whether it's a counter or a reverse or a naked coming that way, it's going to be very useful. So as I was, I really thought this had originated with uh, George Perlis, but I was reading Woody Hayes' book, which he wrote in 1969, and I found a page there. They're talking about just different run support and run fits. And again, if you can pick up a copy of Woody Hayes' Hotline to Victory, it's just an amazing coaching book. He covers everything. And while maybe some of those schemes aren't things that are used right now, I would say this is very relevant to coaching today. And there's a lot that you can learn from it. But uh, an entire page, uh, it's actually page 232, I'm looking at it. Run support against runs up the middle. And he's basically talking about um, guys to the outside, right? We must have an imaginary five-yard fence, which a back must never go through. By avoiding this fence, you'll eliminate underrunning the ball, and this will prevent you from getting into poor position, right? The worst thing that could happen is you're behind the play. You want to be able to get in position and be able to fit that and as I think about using something like this, you know, I think looking at tackling drills, and if you are uh, somebody who plays these kinds of techniques, likes to walk guys up on the line of scrimmage, simulate a, br- a blitz, try to mess up blocking schemes, pass protections, etc., and then drop that guy out or, or just play uh, football from that position, this rule, I think, is critical. And so you think about this, that guy needs to be able to back up or shuffle back and then he'll get in a good position to fit that. So if I was putting together a drill with that, especially early on, I think what I would do is take stepovers, probably uh, two to three of those, so that it's about five yards deep from the line of scrimmage, put the guy up on the ball, and on the snap, make him react, uh, work back towards it, and then fit based off of that where he's maintaining his leverage and can get into a proper run fit and execute his technique in a proper way. So 
the second, and that would be on an inside run, right? And you could probably do that from both sides with anybody. Let's say you walked up two guys on the outside, those guys working back behind the five-yard fence, and then fitting for the tackle. And you think about you know help where help's coming from. Uh, a lot of times, maybe they're the help with the Mike linebacker, but. Again, it could be a drill. It doesn't have to be a heavy contact drill. This is all about learning the right body position to be in, learning the right footwork to take, learning the right reaction to get to where you need to, uh, to be able to vice the ball right here. So then the other way this works is support against runs um, away, right? When you have that run away, again, you're going to be working that five-yard fence rule and as you're backing up on that five-yard fence, you're really getting eyes on, is there anything coming back to me? Is there a reverse? Is there an inside handoff if you're playing a wing T team? All right, a lot of teams can get hurt by that guy who wants to go and fit on what looks like the buck sweep, and then the ball's handed off on a double handoff back inside. Uh, maybe it's that quarterback with a naked away. So this is something, if you are playing, doesn't have to be the stunt 4-3. Anything where you might bring that guy up. Again, like I said, maybe you're using Sims and Creepers and uh, like to bring those guys up on the line of scrimmage. Well, now there's some good answers that you can work, uh, create some drills. It's not just about that you're going to run and work on this drill on the inside. It's about working reaction, right? So initially, I think you do teach it individually with, with each of those things so they can understand the concept. But then you start mixing up those drills and, and creating it with the five-yard fence. And then eventually you take those bags out of there, right? You, you put them in there initially to, number one, provide that barrier. They can't run through them. Um, but you know, that's not going to be out there on the field. So as you get into the season, you start to remove those and work those different types of drills. Um, I highly recommend, again, looking into uh, Hotline to Victory um, checking out the stunt four three defense. There's not necessarily a ton of resources out there. I, I did have a playbook out there for a long time. I don't know where uh, it came from. It appeared that someone put it up there when we were midway through a, a change of schools because we were changing uh, the colors within there, and, and midway through it, it flips back to our old school uh, colors from Amherst Steel. Um, but it was a defense, again, that was so good to us. Um, I think we started to evolve a little bit as we got into facing more and more spread. But now as 11 and 12 personnel come back in, even 21 personnel, I really think it's a, a defense worth investigating and looking at. Uh, it's something that you know Nick Saban definitely learned that defense at Michigan State and took a lot of those concepts with him. I know uh, when uh, Greg Schiano was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We kind of started to see a reemergence of some of the tilt uh, technique from that tackle and um, some of the stunt 4-3 concepts. So it kicks around from time to time. I haven't seen it installed as a whole, but I could tell you like the detail that uh, Coach Perlis and all the coaches who have coached it put into it uh, was amazing. So if you could find that resource uh, on the internet somewhere, I recommend checking it out. Uh, Coach, I know Coach Perlis's playbook is out there somewhere, and there's there's certainly a lot of articles that'll talk about the stunt four three defense. But uh, think about that technique, and um, I will try to put a uh, picture of this on my Twitter. So go to at Coach K Grabowski, and it should be there in my Twitter feed by the time this podcast airs.